You guys there? Happy Father's Day. That's a little better. Um, uh, today's message is called Be Strong and Courageous, so I thought I would lead the way and wear a shirt that says, Fathers Matter. Interesting, if I wore a shirt that said, Mothers Matter, everybody would say, well, of course they do. But it's a sad state of our country that if you wear a shirt that says, Fathers Matter, it's thought of as rather controversial. And I want to encourage the men here and to be strong and courageous, I really want to encourage you. That's what today is going to be about. And um, so <clears throat> recently I saw something, and it really made me so thankful to be a guy, so thankful to be a man. And so I thought I would share with you what really made me so thankful to be a man. Paso <clears throat> after Luke Boyd went on the injured list, bicep soreness, pops it up. Nice job. Wow, feeding the baby. Now look at this carefully, what happens here, okay? Don't miss this. Baby in perfect bliss and a souvenir. Nice. Nice. <laughs> That's sensational. That is. Now who says men can't multitask? Did you see that? He's watching a baseball game. He's holding a baby, he's feeding the baby, and he catches the ball. Wow, and I said, that's why I'm thankful to be a guy. Oh, man, you know, I'm so afraid of what I would have done. <laughs> I'm afraid I would have dropped the baby and caught the ball, but he was amazing. And did you notice that it's hard to get your wife to praise you, but did you notice she was, she was cheering and celebrating because that was amazing, right? Um. Men, have you noticed that most of the problems in our country are caused by men who don't know Jesus? And, um, and Jesus invites us as men. He says, follow me and help change the world, didn't he? He said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Do you ever wonder, men, what could happen? What could happen if we as men helped each other follow Jesus? Can you imagine? What if men who were single were willing to wait until they got married to have sex? How much would that change our country? What would happen in our country if men were willing to get married and stay married? and willing to be there to be fathers to their children, how many problems in our country would be solved? What if those who of us who had failed at marriage and, and failed sexually said, listen, I can't do anything about the past, but from this day forward, from this day forward, I'm going to follow Jesus because I want to be a part of, of the healing of our nation. What would happen? What would happen if retired men instead of wasting their retirement, said, I want to use these years to be a disciple and make a disciple. Just think what could happen. So today, men, I want to encourage you. Be strong and courageous. I don't want to scold you. I want to encourage you. Jesus invites us to follow him and be a part of the healing of our land. Be strong and courageous. And so I want to introduce you to one of my heroes today. He's a friend of mine. His name is Joshua. 
I want, you know, I have one Savior, one Savior, his name is Jesus, but I have many, I have many heroes, and heroes inspire us. And I believe as you get to know my friend uh, Joshua, he's going to inspire you to be strong and courageous. Did you know the word courageous occurs 18 times in the Bible, 18 times, and four of them in one chapter that we're going to read today? Four of those 18 have to do with, with Joshua. Uh, about being strong and courageous. And, and so here's where we're going. Here's the point of today's message. What we're going to learn is being strong and courageous is as simple as ABC. Would you read that with me? Being strong and courageous is as simple as ABC. Now, I don't know what you face, but, but let me tell you the story. But before we read Joshua 1, and you might need to start looking there because it might take you a while to get there. But Joshua 1, it's in the Old Testament. Will will you turn there if you have your Bible? And and if you don't, it's important to bring one so we get familiar with God's Word. But as you turn there, let me set it up for you a little bit. Uh, It's 1400 B.C. It's 1450, 1400 years before Jesus came. And 40 years earlier, 40 years earlier for retired guys, Jesus called Moses out of retirement. Did you know that Moses was retired? He's 80 years old. He's 80 years old. God calls Moses out of retirement to lead Israel out of Egypt. And and so with many signs and wonders, Moses leads the people out of Egypt, and and he leads them to the promised land where they send 12 spies in, right? He sent 12 spies in, and um, when they came back, they said, it's a great land, but 10 10 out of the 12 said, the people in there are giants. We're like grasshoppers. We can't go in. And only Joshua and Caleb, only Joshua and Caleb said they're big, but God is bigger. So they rebelled against God, and for 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. Um, And and only Joshua and Caleb of the spies survived. And during that time, during that time, Moses lost it one day. You ever lose it? And he didn't treat God as holy in the sight of the people, and so he was not allowed to lead them into the promised land. He could see it. He got to go up on a mountain and see it. But, but Joshua was the one who got to lead them into the promised land. And so now we pick up that story. Joshua 1, verse 1. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, and he had led them for 40 years, and now he died, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead now. Therefore, arise, cross this Jordan, you and all the people to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel, every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I will give it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness in this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous. We're going to hear that four times in this chapter. Be strong and courageous for you. Shall give this people possession of the land, which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you, do not turn from it to the right or to the left so that you may have sex success. Man, I made a mistake yesterday. I listened to these bloopers and now I'm doing it myself. That you may have success wherever you go. 
So the mission required strength and courage. You, you know why? Because when they crossed into the promised land, there were giants there. There was an enemy there. And there would be enemy fire. You know why else it required courage? Because there would be friendly fire. For 40 years, for 40 years, uh, Joshua was in the second seat, and he watched Moses take all this heat from all the people. So for 40 years, he saw the re people rebel against uh, Moses, and he knew not only would he face enemy fire, but there would be friendly fire. And, and then there was God that, that Moses lost at once and was not able to, to lead the people into the promised land. So the mission to go in and take possession of the land, that required courage. But also in this passage, we've seen the gospel. We've seen grace. And you know what grace is? Jesus supplies whatever He commands. Whatever Jesus commands us to do, He supplies everything we need to do it. And so He said, go in and take possession of the land. But He also said what? I'm going to be, I'm going to be with you, and I'm going to drive it out, and I'm going to give you the land. So being strong and courageous for Joshua really was as simple as ABC. It started when he admitted, I'm not strong and courageous. He admitted, and then he believed. But I believe you will keep your promises. I believe faithful is the one who calls us, and he also will bring it to pass. I believe you're going to go with me. I believe you're going to drive out the enemy. And because of that, he committed himself to leading Israel into the promised land. And so we're like that too, aren't we? Listen, the Christian life begins and we make progress. How? By faith, right? By admitting and believing and committing. Oh, in Ephesians chapter 2... Verses 8 and 9, we read how we begin by faith and we make progress by faith, right? For by grace, God's love for, for people who don't deserve it, you have been saved through faith. Notice we're saved by faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Salvation doesn't come by works, it's a gift. Not as a result of works that no one may boast. Oh. Do you know how many people I've asked, why should God let you into heaven? And do you know what most people say? What, I've been a good person. People tend to think the way we go to heaven, the way we're saved is by our works. But the gospel says it's not by works. It's not by works. And you know why? The problem with good works is they don't work. And the reason they don't work is the gospel says we have a problem called sin. That's the bad news of the gospel, that we've all sinned against God. A sin is a crime against God. We've, we've sinned against God in our thoughts, in our words and deeds. Listen, God is just, and He can't wink at sin, and every sin ever been committed must be punished. So no matter how many good works we do, we could never overcome our sin. And God says what we deserve for our sin is hell. We deserve to be separated from God in all good things forever. Listen, we're not saved by our works for by grace, we're saved by grace. You've been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God, not as a result of works that no one may boast. That Jesus is our Savior. God the Son put on flesh and came to earth not to help good people get better, but He came to seek and save sinners. So Jesus lived a perfect life for us because God requires perfection and we could never be perfect. And then Jesus went to the cross and died in our place. Because the penalty for sin is death, so the sinless one died in our place once and for all, crying out, it is finished. He, he really did die. He was buried, but on the third day, he rose from the grave, and he walked out, and he offers us salvation as a free gift. And we receive that gift by faith. Have you? 
For by grace you have been saved through faith. Well, Smiley, what is saving faith? What is saving faith? Saving faith really is as simple as ABC, where we admit and believe and commit. Saving faith begins when we admit that we have sinned against God. And if you've never done that, won't you do that? You can do that now. Or I'd be glad to help you as we close in prayer. But it starts when we say, Jesus, I've sinned against you. And I'm sorry. And then we believe. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And then we commit. That means we trust Jesus as Savior. I'm not going to trust in myself and being good anymore. But Jesus, I want you to come in and and forgive me and give me eternal life. It's to say, Jesus, I want you to move into me and, and be Lord of my life and help me be the person you want me to be. Won't you? Listen, we begin the Christian life by faith. We admit and we believe and then we commit. We live the Christian life by faith. Look at this next verse. Good works are very important. It's not what we're saved by, but it is what we're saved for. So we're saved by faith, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Listen, we're saved from sin. We're saved from death. We're saved for forgiveness. We're saved for doing life and eternity with Jesus. And while we're here on earth, Jesus has good works that He invites us to follow Him and walk in. Um, and, and, and what are those good works? Remember when Jesus called his apostles or, when he, or he called Peter and Andrew in Matthew 4, 19? He said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So men, I want you to know the good works that Jesus wants us to walk in. Jesus says to us, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Follow me and help change the world. Single men, Jesus says, follow me. If you want to know how to treat a woman, look at how Jesus treated women. And he says to us as his disciples, follow me and I'll show you how. Listen, are are you married? I mean, Jesus is our model for life and ministry. Are you married? Doesn't the Bible call us to love our wives the way what? That Jesus loved his church, right? Follow Jesus. Are, Are you a dad? Listen, Follow Jesus. Jesus, look at how Jesus discipled his disciples and and let's father our children like Jesus did, right? Are you retired? Are you a retired man? Jesus says, follow me. Listen, Jesus didn't die before he died. You know what it says about him? He loved his own who were in the world and he loved them to the end. Will we do that in our retirement as men? Even on the cross, what's Jesus doing? He's taking care of his mother. Even on the cross, he's leading other people to faith in Christ, right? Will we do that? Oh, listen, being strong and courageous is as simple as ABC, where we admit and believe and commit. It's how we begin the Christian life. It's how we make progress. It's how we follow Jesus. Now, back to our story in Joshua 1, verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? That's the third time. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Moses, Moses, to be a good leader, speak God's word. Let it never depart from your mouth. As a leader, speak God's word. As a leader, meditate on God's word. It's not just for other people. You need God's word. And and then he says, follow God's word. Um, Do you think that described Joshua? Do you think it did? 
You guys there? Sort of, right? I mean, Joshua was sort of like that, right? But who does that really look, sound like? Who? Who always spoke God's Word? Jesus did, right? Who always meditated on God's Word? Wasn't it Jesus? Who is the only one who ever was careful to do according to all that was written in God's Word? Isn't it Jesus? Listen, this is pointing to the great leader. Look at Jesus. He spoke God's Word. Men, don't you want to speak God's Word? Listen, he meditated. He knew he needed God's Word. Do you recognize you do? Listen, Jesus obeyed his Father always. Don't you want to? Oh, be strong and courageous. Who is that a picture of? Isn't it Jesus? Strong enough and courageous enough and who loved us enough that he was willing to go to the cross and die for us. And you know what happens when we become a Christian? Jesus moves in. And what does he say to us? He says, follow me. Follow me, right? Do you want to be strong and courageous? Follow me and I'll show you how. And so he gives us his word so we can get to know him. And he gives us his spirit to give us the desire and the power to follow after him and be strong and courageous. And he gives us his church to encourage us to be strong and courageous. Um, it meant, Jesus, I'm not strong and courageous, but I believe you are. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. Holy Spirit, give me the desire and the power to be like Jesus and, and to speak God's word and to meditate on God's word and to follow God's word. Help me to follow Jesus. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people saying, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people saying, prepare provisions for yourselves. For within three days you are to cross this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess it. So, so Joshua's a leader, but he doesn't do it all by himself. So he hears from God, and he gathers leaders together. He gathers leaders together, and he begins to equip them that they might join him in leading the people into the promised land. Sounds like someone else I know, doesn't it? To the Reubenites and to the Gadites and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, Joshua said... Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God gives you rest and will give you this land. Your wives and little ones and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you beyond the Jordan. But you shall cross before your brothers in battle array all your valiant warriors. Come on, man, isn't that who we want to be? Oh, Jesus, help me to be a valiant warrior, right? And shall help them. Until the Lord gives you br your brother's rest as he gives you, and they also possess the land as the Lord your God, that the Lord your God is giving them, then you shall return to your own land and possess that which Moses, the servant of the Lord, gave you beyond the Jordan toward the sunrise. Now, let me catch you up a little bit. When Israel was east of the Jordan River, uh, two and a half tribes said, we want our inheritance east of the Jordan and remember, Moses got a little upset, so you're not going to go in and fight for your brothers. And uh, they said, no, no, we'll go into the promised land, and we'll fight for our brothers, but, but we'd like to have our inheritance east. And, and so Moses said, as long as you go in and fight, then you can have your inheritance east of the Jordan. They answered Joshua, saying, all that you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. <laughs> You know the story, right? Is that funny? Did they obey Moses for 40 years in the desert? Did they? 
they griped and complained and rebelled every step of the way. And I bet that was very reassuring for Moses, right? Or for Joshua. Just as we have obeyed Moses in all things, so we will obey you. Only may the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. Anyone who rebels against your command and does not obey your words and all that you command him shall be put to death. Only be strong and courageous. So Joshua gathers leaders together, and he, he equips them so that they can help him in leading the people into the promised land and driving out the enemy. And again, the Bible is one story, and this is just a picture. It's a picture of Jesus, isn't it? I mean, we say that Jesus came to save us from our sins, and he did. So how did he do that? He lived a perfect life. He did. He died on the cross for our sins, and he rose, and he did. But you know what else he, he did? He gathered his disciples together, right? He gathered them together, and he trained them, and he trained them. And then Jesus died, and then after he died, he rose, and then he gave what's called the Great Commission. Um, listen, there's a few things in the Bible you need to know. And one of them is the Great Commission. If someone ever asks you the Great Commission, you need to know it. You need to know it because it's God's instruction for you. And so this is Jesus' last command, which should be our first concern as followers of Christ. In Matthew 28, verse 18, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations. His last command was, Remember who I am. And, and I've trained you, so go and make disciples of all the nations. Jesus trained disciples, and he gave them a mission so that they would make disciples who would make disciples so we would be here today. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Win them to Christ and baptize them, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And when people come to faith in Christ, teach them how to follow me, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." And just like God promised to be with Joshua and enable him to go into the promised land and drive out the enemy, so Jesus promised that he would be with his disciples and with us as we go out and make disciples of all the nations. So the whole book of Joshua is how Joshua was strong and courageous and how he led Israel in and he drove out the enemy, okay? So what have we learned so far that being strong and courageous is as simple as ABC? ABC, and so our action step for this week, what I want you to do this week is I want you to be strong and courageous. Uh, I, I want all of you to, but especially the men, be strong and courageous. And you say, well, how do you do that? And the first thing I would encourage you to do is to practice our ABCs, to practice our ABCs. Remember when we read in verse 8 and 9, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Man, that's Jesus. That's who I want to be, but it really describes Jesus, right? But you shall meditate on it day and night. Wow, that describes Jesus. That's who I want to be, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written. Jesus obeyed God. That really describes Jesus. That's why I want to hang around him. You know why I like to hang around Jesus? Because when I hang around him, I become like him, right? Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Every morning, I get to spend time with the strong and courageous one. I get to have breakfast with Jesus. And the reason I have breakfast with him is because I'm not strong and courageous, but he is, and I want to be like him. Don't you? 
And so every morning I get up and I have breakfast with me. Won't you join me? Won't you? And you, and you know what happens when I get through having breakfast with Jesus? He doesn't tell me what people today tell me. Everybody today says what? Be safe. You know what Jesus tells me when I leave breakfast? Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. You know what else he tells me? He says, put on the armor of God. Don't leave home without it. Do you ever leave home without putting on the armor of God? What are you talking about? Smiley. Well, in Ephesians chapter 6, um, as I have breakfast with Jesus every day, I also get dressed to be strong and courageous uh, because Jesus has given us armor that he tells us to put on before we go out to be strong and courageous. Um, so in Ephesians 6, verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. <laughs> See, what we need to, we want to be strong in the, in the Lord. And in the strength of His might, we want to put on His might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. We have an enemy, and he's a deceiver, so we put on the armor, which is all about putting on truth because he's a deceiver, and we overcome deception with truth. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Listen, as husbands, loving our wives and raising our children to follow Christ and, and winning people to faith in Christ and, and helping change the world, it's not a struggle against flesh and blood. It's against the rulers. It's against the powers. It's against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Just as Joshua led the people into a land of giants, but what gave them confidence was God was with them. Yes, we have an enemy, but listen, greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. As we look around our culture, don't we see a great spiritual battle? The battle behind the battle? Therefore, because there's a battle, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist in the evil day. Listen, if you want to be strong and courageous, put on the armor of God and having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth. So there's a belt. So every day when I'm having breakfast with Jesus, I put on the belt of truth. And I remind myself of four things. I say, I'm accepted as is. Thank you, Jesus. I'm accepted. And I'm free from sin's bondage. I found something better than sin. I found Jesus. And every day I remind myself I'm not alone. Jesus, you lead and I follow. Holy Spirit, help me to follow Jesus. And the fourth thing is I say I have authority in spiritual conflict. I'm involved in a conflict, but you're greater. So I put on the belt of truth. I remind myself who I am. Won't you? And having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and then I put on the breastplate of righteousness, I say, Jesus, thank you, you've clothed me in your righteousness, that my standing before God is based on your righteousness, not mine. <clears throat> and having shod uh, your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and, and then I put on my gospel boots, and I think through my day. And I pray through my day that wherever I go, Lord, help me to be on mission and take the gospel wherever I go. And then he says, uh, taking up the shield of faith. And so I take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. He's always shooting flaming arrows. But when we know God's word, we can extinguish them. Smiley, you're such a failure. You're right. But therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Smiley, you can't do that. You're right. I can't. But I can do all things through him who strengthens me, right? Oh, 
and take the helmet of salvation. Every day I put on the helmet and I, and I remind myself, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For to me to live is... The only thing that will make us strong and courageous is, is to realize as Christians we can't lose. Because if we are killed, it gets better. And if we live, it's about Jesus. And then he says, um, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. All the armor is on the front because we're meant to be advancing, not retreating. And we have one offensive weapon, and that's the sword that we can use to advance the cause of Christ. And so I put on the armor of God. Won't you? Um, listen, as, as I'm spending time with Jesus, I also like to remember what I want to fight for. You ever wonder what you want to fight for? Uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, I, I love this verse. As we're getting ready for battle... Paul says in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. Uh, want to know how to pray for me? Pray that I'd fight the good fight, not the wrong fight. Pray for me that I'd finish the course. Pray for me that I'd keep the faith. And so I thought, what do I want to fight for? Have you noticed there's a lot of fights in our culture? Have you noticed that? So, so what do I want to fight I want to fight to win people to Christ. I, I, that's what I want to do. Will you join me? I want to fight for the authority of Scripture. I believe the Bible is God's Word, and I believe it's worth being strong and courageous for. Will you join me? I want to fight for marriage and family because I believe it matters and, and that sex belongs to marriage. That, that's a fight I want to fight for. Will you join? And fourthly, I want to fight for the sacredness of human life, that all human beings are made in God's image of great value. That's what I want to fight for. Will you join? That's why I want to be strong and courageous so I can fight the good fight. Notice next, finish the course. I want to finish the course well following Jesus, don't you? I want to be more in love with Jesus at the end than I was at the beginning, don't you? I want to finish the course with my marriage. I want to finish the course with my marriage, and I want to be more in love with my wife at the end than I was at the beginning. Are you married? Won't you commit yourself to finish the course? Don't you want to be more in love at the end than you were at the beginning? Oh, I want to finish the course as a pastor. I don't want to wreck my life. Will you pray for me? I want to finish well. Don't you want to finish well as a small group leader, as a disciple? Don't you want to? Listen, I want to fight the good fight. Will you join me? I want to finish the chorus. Will you join me? I want to keep the faith. I want to treasure the faith. I want to treasure Jesus. I want to hold on to him to the end. Don't you? So this week, listen, let's, uh, let's be strong and courageous. Let's, um, let's practice our <clears throat> ABCs and put on the armor of God and, and remember how to f what we fight for and finish and keep. And secondly, let me encourage you, if you want to be strong and courageous, is to team up. To team up. Remember what we read in verse 10? Joseph didn't... Joshua didn't fight this battle alone. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people. He commanded the leaders saying, uh, <clears throat> prepare provisions for yourself. So, so Joshua teamed up. If we want to be strong and courageous in a hostile culture, we, we need to learn to uh, team up. Haven't you enjoyed reading in Acts? Uh, hasn't it been great this week? Reading in Acts and, and, and the early church, when they spoke the gospel, there was hunger and there was also hostility, Right? There was often a revival, and then there was a riot. So what did the early church do when they encountered hostility? Did they quit? Oh, I loved in Acts 4 when we read this. In Acts 4, verse 31, And when they had prayed, 
the place where they had gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak the Word of God with boldness. In a hostile culture, what did the early church do? They gathered together even though it was dangerous to gather together. They gathered together. And you know what they did? They prayed. You know why they prayed? Because they weren't strong and courageous, but they wanted to be strong and courageous. They said, we're not, but we believe with you we can. Help! They gathered. They prayed. The Holy Spirit fell. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Oh, our culture so desperately needs Christians who are filled with the Holy Spirit, men who are strong and courageous, who are willing to speak the word of God with boldness. I think sometimes we think, well, you know, Paul, he was just a different breed. Paul was just, he was just strong and courageous. No, he wasn't. He was just like you and me. But every time Paul gathered with a small group, every time Paul was in a disciple-making meeting, you know what he always prayed for, asked prayer for? Let me show you. We're going to be here in a couple of weeks in Colossians chapter 4, verse 2. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving, praying at the same time for us as well, that God will open up to us a door for the Word so that we may speak forth the mystery of Christ, for which I have also been in prison, that I may make it clear in the way I ought to speak. Paul always said, pray for me. Pray that God would open doors for the gospel. Pray that the Spirit of God would give me boldness. Pray that I could speak the gospel with clarity. Is that what we do in our small groups when we pray? Oh, God, open doors. Give me boldness, clarity. Is that what we do when we're meeting people? Do we, do we pray for open doors? Uh, so listen, if we're going to be strong and courageous this week, man, it's going to be because we practice our ABCs. It's going to be because we team up. And thirdly, Here's what I want you to do is I want you to cross the pain line every day this week. I want you to come up to the pain line and intentionally step across it. And you say, well, what's the pain line? You know what it is. I mean, you're in a conversation with someone and you talk about being spiritual. That's okay. But as soon as you drop the J-bomb, right? As soon as you say, Jesus, what? You've just crossed the pain line. Didn't you love reading in Acts this week? Everywhere Paul went, he would cross the pain line and people would come to faith in Christ and, and there would be a riot. <laughs> oh, this is so good. Remember in Acts 17, uh, Paul's causing all kind of trouble in Berea. So we read Acts 17, 15. Now those who escorted Paul brought him as far as Athens and receiving a command of Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as po possible, they left. So they took Paul to Athens and they said, just be quiet. Just keep your mouth closed. Don't say anything, because every time you open your mouth, all kind of things happen. And Paul tried to keep his mouth closed, right? Now, Paul, while Paul was waiting for them in Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him as he observed the city full of idols. But, you know, he couldn't keep quiet. He couldn't keep Jesus to himself. Wouldn't that be great if that was us, that our hearts were provoked by the idolatry around us and we were willing to cross the pain line just like he did. He crossed it, so he was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be present. 
So men, every day this week, let's intentionally cross the pain line. One easy way to do it is this week when, when you say goodbye to someone, don't say be safe, just say be strong and courageous. And they'll say, what? Yeah, that's what we need to do. We need to be strong and courageous. Listen, why not develop the habit that when you leave church, when you leave church, you go and share what you learned with someone else. If you share, you'll cross the pain line. You know what we learned in church today? How important it is that we be strong and courageous. Um, this week, when you hear about someone dying, and it seems to happen every week, right? Instead of asking the questions that everybody else asks, how did they die? Or how old were they? Why don't you just say, I wonder if they were prepared? What? Yeah. We're all going to die, and we'll die in one of two ways. We'll either die prepared or unprepared. I wonder if they were prepared. And if they ask you, well, how should someone be prepared? You can share that with you, can't you? Oh, do you know this past week, one of our members had a friend who was dying. He had a friend who was dying, and this man's wife and daughter we're not yet Christians. And he's driving to talk to his friend, and he's praying. He's praying for an open door. And when he got there, the Lord just put it into his mind. So he told the wife and he told the daughter, do you know what would make your husband and your father happier than anything in all the world? It's that you would be with him forever. Wouldn't you like to make him happy? And they said, sure, and so he shared with them the gospel, right? The bad news and the good news and invited them and they both put their faith in Christ. Listen, you can do that. You know what he did? He crossed the pain line and two people moved from death to life, right? Um, next Sunday, next Sunday we're going to talk about marriage. And um, do you know anybody who maybe could use some encouragement? One way to cross the pain line is, is just to stop by the resource center or the board and, and get a come and see card and just invite them. Hey, why don't you come to church with me next? We're going to learn from Jesus how to, how to have a marriage that's a happily imperfect marriage. Come and see. That would cross the pain line. Or, or maybe, maybe there's someone that, uh, that you want to share the gospel with. Why, why not pick up a Do You Know booklet? We have had so many members in the last few weeks. They've just gone to a friend. They've prayed and gone to a friend and said, could, could I read this to you? <laughs> and as they read the gospel, the bad news and the good news invited people to respond. People have responded. You could do it. Man, why not this week, every day, intentionally step across the pain line? Ah, so what have we learned? That being strong and courageous is as simple as A, B, C. And our action step this week is to be strong and courageous. Men... God made us men for a purpose. He made us to be strong and courageous. So this week, this week, let's be strong and courageous. Let's pray. Jesus, we are so glad that you are strong and courageous. So strong, so courageous, you made every decision one of obedience. And you even died on the cross for our sins, and then you rose. And Lord, thank you for offering us salvation. Listen, if you've been trying to work your way into heaven, and now you understand that, it's, that salvation is a gift received by faith, won't you put your faith in him? I mean, Jesus is here. Won't you tell him, Jesus, I've sinned against you, and I'm sorry. 
And I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose. And I want you to come in and be my Savior and forgive me and, and give me eternal life. I want you to be Lord of my life. Help me be the person you want me to be. Oh, if you've done that for the first time, won't you mark that on your card? We'd love to celebrate with you. Jesus, thank you for moving in. Thank you for being our model, our model for life and ministry, our model for what it looks like to be strong and courageous. Thank you for promising to be with us. And Lord, I pray for all of us today, and I pray especially for the men, that we would be strong and courageous this week that we would practice our ABCs, that we would admit and believe and commit, that we would put on the, the full armor of God, that we would fight the good fight, that we would finish the course, that we would keep the faith. And Lord, I pray, I pray we would gather together. I pray we would pray for one another. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fall and we would be shaken and we would speak the word of God with boldness. Lord, I pray this week that every day we would very intentionally cross the pain line, that you would help us to be strong and courageous as we follow you. For we pray in Jesus' name, amen.